0: Hey, you're listening to Cut For Time, a podcast from Faith Church located on the north side of Indianapolis. My name is Claire Kingsley, and each week I'll sit down with one of our preaching pastors to discuss their Sunday sermon. Cut For Time is a look behind the scenes of sermon prep, and they will share some things with us that we did not hear in the sermon. The goal of the podcast is to ask things like, why did our church need to hear this message on Sunday? Or, why did you personally need to preach this message? pastors will also share some practical next steps. We're glad you're here listening. Here's my conversation with Pastor Jeff. Hey, Jeff, how's it going?
1: Good. How are you, Claire?
0: Good. Thanks. It's uh, been a few weeks since you've done Cut for Time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's suddenly turned to spring and uh, it's sunny and uh, really beautiful out.
0: Yeah, Not is. It doesn't beat Saturday, but it is pretty great. Yeah. 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 So, Jeff, you preach from Isaiah 54 verses 1 through 8 on Sunday. Would you just give us a flyover of your sermon again?
1: Yeah, sure. So this is uh, coming after this uh, chapter 53 where we're just getting this picture of uh, the depth and the darkness and the suffering that the sermon is going to go through. And we're being reminded that it's because of our sin that all that is happening. And, and yet then the very next thing we hear is sing, rejoice. And uh, Isaiah 54 then is this uh, invitation that God is giving to his people, even though they, they will be in exile, even though they will have been cut off and uh, seemingly rejected and forgotten and uh, ashamed. God wants his people to know that there really is joy because of his lasting love for his people, a joy that is greater than their sin, greater than our sin and a joy that is founded on the, the recovery, the restoration that he brings to his people, uh, the identity that we have in him, and the security that we have in that a promise of God's goodness.
0: Sure. So it's holding in balance the right perspective of our sinfulness, but also the joy of the servant, which was the title of your sermon.
1: Yes. The joy of the servant's people, yes, yeah. because that's it. the The servant is the one who faithfully obeys, and we receive the benefits and the blessings of his obedience and his faithfulness. And even though it's our our sins that caused his sorrow and suffering, we still rejoice because of his loving kindness and his willingness.
0: Thank you. So, can you put us uh, put this passage in perspective of? the servant songs as a whole, where are we at in the servant songs and where is Easter? What passage are we studying on Easter Sunday?
1: Yeah, sure. So we've gone through these, what are typically defined as four servant songs, starting back I think in Isaiah 49 and 50, and then uh, we took a really deep dive in chapter 53. Uh, so it's, it's uh, again, we've had this extended look over the last few weeks in Isaiah 53 at the suffering uh, the the rejection, the death of the servant, and yet there's still this uh, promise, this hope in chapter 53 that the servant will be vindicated. The servant will prolong his days. The servant will see his offspring, even though he's put to death. And now in 54 and 55, uh, which we're going to look at on Easter, it, it's really this, uh, There there's a turn now from looking at the servant to the Lord sort of turning to his people, turning to the nations and saying, see what I have done for you through the servant. And what you need to do is rejoice, receive it, live in it, live out of it, uh, and experience the, the, the freedom and the life that the servant has accomplished for you. Mm -hmm. Even though it's our sins that take Jesus to the cross, which is absolutely true and is humbling and lamentable, there's also a joy that God is inviting us to experience in remembering that the servant has done this. Jesus has done this willingly, lovingly, freely, intentionally to draw people to himself Mm -hmm. and, and to know his life and his joy.
0: Sure. So let's uh, apply that to our congregation, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your prayer for our congregation mm-hmm. this week during Holy Week?
1: Yeah, I. The we went through you know kind of three movements in this passage, looking at recovery and identity and security, and I think as we head into uh, you know Holy Week, Good Friday, and and this climax on Friday of seeing the suffering and the rejection and the death of Jesus, it, there's a, an appropriate kind of uh, solemnity and, and sorrow uh, over that, because we should lament our sin. We should turn from it, repent, and acknowledge it before God. But God never tells us to do that in order to produce grief or despair, uh, there's ultimately a joy that God is inviting us to. He, he's reminding these people of their sin, not so they feel bad, not not to, you know, sort of crush them emotionally, but to lead them to freedom and life in the Savior. So as, as we go through this week, uh, this last week of Jesus' life, and then again, looking at Good Friday, I think the my prayer is that we can keep the Biblical tension of both those things together, uh, that we can uh, be sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Uh, Sorrowful over our sin, but reminding ourselves that doesn't define us. That is not the most true thing about us. The most true thing about us is who Jesus is for us and what he has accomplished for us. That leads to joy.
0: Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. So would you be willing to take a few minutes now and just pray on our podcast? And then as people are listening along, they can be praying along with you.
1: Yeah, sure. I'd, I'd be honored to. Yeah, let's pray. Okay. Uh, Father, um, as we record this, we are in uh, this season where we remember the last week of Jesus' life, his triumphal entry Uh, his teaching, his parables, uh, heading towards his confrontation with religious leaders and washing his disciples' feet and the Last Supper. And then, of course, betrayal and arrest and mocking and rejection and crucifixion. And Father, we know that all of that has come because of our rebellion, our alienation from you. Father, help us to have the courage to look honestly at ourselves, uh, to look honestly at the things in our lives that are not uh, in alignment with your will and your ways and your character. Father, help us to uh, have the confidence in you uh, to be able to acknowledge, as Isaiah puts it, uh, shame and reproach and failure and idolatry. But even more, uh, Lord, help us to remember as we see those things that it was for the joy set before him that Jesus went to the cross. That Jesus said, I came to do my Father's will and to call lost sheep home and to give Uh, the oil of gladness in the place of mourning and beauty for ashes, to declare the year of the Lord's favor. Oh, Father, as we see our sin, as we see Jesus suffering in our place, help us to do that in a way that leads to joy and confidence, not just on Easter, but in every day, Father. Thank you that that's your desire for us, that that is why Jesus has come to lead us, not just from guilt to freedom and forgiveness, not just from death to life, but from despair and failure to joy, joy and life and wholeness in you. Thank you that Jesus washes all our sins away. And he does so by his blood, freely out of love. Then Father, help us to be people that reflect uh, that kind of love and security and identity and confidence in you uh, to the people around us oh thank you father thank you for your never-ending love your limitless loving kindness by which you have compassion on us we pray with gratitude and joy in jesus name
0: amen amen thank you jeff Thank you right. so Jeff this is not a question that I gave you any time to prepare but um, those are the best what, does, nights. what does Holy Week look like for your family <laughs> and for you in your yeah. own maybe you're in quiet time with the Lord or in um, something that you guys talk about around the dinner table or yeah. I don't know some traditions or anything like that
1: yeah yeah um, you know, one of the things that I was just thinking of yesterday that I that I want to do intentionally this week is to go look up uh, kind of the gospel parallels of the last week of Jesus' life so that each day I can be reminding myself of what was Jesus doing this day and what was Jesus doing this day and, and how is he progressing towards the cross. Uh, we've done versions of that with our kids when when they were younger and at home and um, I also remember we did, um, what were they called, resurrection cookies, I think. We always struggled to get them to come out quite right, but we had, um, they were like kind of meringue cookies that I think they had a little bit of vinegar or something on the inside or baking soda that was supposed to make them like empty tombs. And so this meringue would puff up, but then there was a hole in the middle of it and on Easter. So that would be part of doing that with the kids was explaining to them the Easter story. And you actually like tape over, like put masking tape over the front of the oven and they like bake slowly overnight from from Saturday to Sunday. And uh, and then you wake up on uh, Easter morning and you have these little treats that are like an empty tomb. Uh, yeah, we, uh, years ago also, uh, Amelia, my wife bought a cake pan that is shaped like a lamb. Uh, so it's like a three, you know, front and back. It's like in halves and, you know, you tie it together and we would always have a lamb cake on Easter
0: cool. uh,
1: with coconut on the outside and white frosting. And, yeah, you know, it's just a reminder of Jesus, who is the lamb that was slain for us, but who lives forever. Uh, so, yeah, those are those are okay. some of the things we've done around uh, Holy Week and Good Friday and Easter. And, of course, Good Friday has always been a big part of our family worship, too.
0: Okay. Thanks for sharing. So, any final note on application? I guess we've kind of talked about it. You talked about your prayer for our congregation and praying for our congregation. Um taking your sermon and then obviously in perspective of being in Holy Week as we anticipate Easter, anything that you'd like, um, you'd encourage us to think or pray about?
1: Yeah, I was, I was thinking, I guess, about, I shared a little of uh, just some of my own struggles at time in at times in hearing criticism and receiving criticism because, you know, maybe we all struggle with that in some ways. It's hard because it feels like it's, if not an attack, at least it's a diminishment of us in some way. And then of course, you know, our criticisms of other people and what we criticize and how we criticize is also kind of a reflection of our own self-image and, and what we value and how we see ourselves in relation to other people. So I guess I was thinking you know, to pay attention, uh, maybe this week, of how I respond to critique or feedback. And, and what's going on inside me when I hear that. Uh, and then maybe also to pay attention to what kinds of things do I tend to criticize or critique in other people, whether it's, you know, a relational thing or just other people's driving on the highway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the old saying, everyone that's driving faster than me is a maniac and everyone that's driving slower is an idiot, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm the standard, of course. That in itself has something significant about my identity. Where is my identity coming from? Mm -hmm. Um, and the things that we feel may you know feel like they go deep towards us uh, or the things that we critique in others they're not the most true thing about us or other people the most true thing God is saying is who you are in Christ and what Christ has done for you
0: Mm -hmm. and I would also add like Not that I'm great at receiving feedback or criticism, I guess, and not that I'm not critical of others, but also I'd say like there might be a third category of how we speak to ourselves too. Mm -hmm. Um, So Mm -hmm. how am I critiquing myself and what feedback am I giving myself? And am I, um, because maybe not everybody, but to me, I think that I speak to myself more harshly than anyone would speak to me and much more harshly than God would talk to me. So even trying to just take that captive and to think about how would God speak to me. And so I might throw in a third category there.
1: Yeah, that's that's a really good application too. The the names that we give ourselves or the labels that we put on ourselves. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Jeff, for your time. Thank you for praying over us and our listeners on the podcast. And I look forward to talking to you I guess, in our next sermon series in James. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Cut for Time. If this conversation has blessed you in any way, we encourage you to consider sharing it with others. If you ever wish to submit questions to our pastors following their Sunday sermon, you can email your questions to podcast at faithliveitout.org and we'll do our best to cover the question in the episode. We'll be back again next week. Thanks for listening.